Most folks, they kind of, um, they self-medicate. They go over the counter and they bite Tom's and they pop them like candy. Um, <laughs> How bad do I want this today? <laughs> Eat a that's, bunch of chalk. That's, yes. the that, that's, that's the exchange some people do. Or kind of, they have this girl and kind of living with it, but a lot of times it's pretty much they're not aware that they can take care of it. Sometimes they need one of those medications. You know, the Tom's, the problem with the Tom's is that it, care, it takes care of the symptom itself, not of the problem. Welcome to Valley Health Check with Horizon Health, a resource for you at your convenience to learn some things and check out some important topics. And uh, today we have a very special guest, uh, a doctor, and, and we have Aaron Frank here with Horizon Health to do the intro as we, uh, we're going to talk a little uh, heartburn today, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Today I brought with me Dr. Kasakoff, general surgeon for us at Horizon Health in Paris. Well, we talked in the past, doctor, with uh, bariatric surgery, and we had a great conversation about that. But uh, something, and this was prevalent to me in in the past, heartburn, and I would only assume that that could mean many different things. So I guess to kind of start things out, what is heartburn? Well, thanks for having me and, and hello to everyone who's listening. Um, yeah, heartburn is, um, it's, a, it's kind of a problem. Some people kind of think of it as, as something, oh, that's not too bad, just a little bit of heartburn. But so for some people, it can be pretty bad, can, can really impair their life. And, and the prevalence of this, how common is heartburn? It's about two thirds of the country have it. Wow. And heartburn can be, again, can be from something that happens once a week or every other week or to something that happens every day with every meal and really affect your quality of life. The one thing that uh, people don't really talk a lot about heartburn is something that's called a Barrett's esophagus. And uh, why is that important? Because Barrett's esophagus is something that may lead to cancer. So what is a Barrett's esophagus? Heartburn, what happens is in, in heart is that when we have acid in our stomach and just oversimplification just freely nearly goes up into your esophagus. And your esophagus, the lining of the esophagus is not meant to handle all that acid. The acid should stay in the stomach. But when it goes up to the esophagus, it's kind of caustic and kind of irritates the lining. And that's the pain, the burning that you're feeling. So a barrier's esophagus is when that the esophagus, the lining of the esophagus is, is getting exposed to acid for a long, long time. It actually starts to change itself. It starts to mutate. It starts, uh, it starts to look and behave more like the lining of the stomach. And when the lining of the esophagus mutates itself to do that, it might carry other mutations that may lead to cancer. When we have what's called a Barrett's esophagus, the lining of the esophagus is changed, and the risk of cancer there is about 1% per year. So meaning if I have 100 patients, I have this Barrett's esophagus, then every, every year one of those 100 patients will get cancer. And over the course of 20 years, that's 20%. So Barrett's esophagus is a little bit scary, but who gets it? Not everyone with heartburn gets it. Very few do. But there are what we know a little bit of uh, some risk factors that are associated with a Barrett's esophagus. So the first of all is having long, long-term long uh, presence of, of the heartburn, of the of what we call GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease. Lame, lame in terms is heartburn. If you have that more than 10, 15 years, and you have a couple of the following. You're white, you're Caucasian, you're over the age of 50, you're obese, um, you smoke, you drink excessive alcohol, you have someone else in your family with a Barrett's esophagus or with esophageal or stomach cancer, 
these are pretty much the things that put you up there having a risk for Barrett's esophagus. And if, if, if that's your case, then yeah, you should, uh, you should come see us or see a gastroenterologist or see a surgeon or see a doctor and basically talk about, am I a candidate to what we call screening or looking for Barrett's esophagus? So heartburn, again, can be something very mild where, you know, just eat something late at night, uh, something a little bit spicy and a little bit heartburn, but, or you can actually, at the, end of the, at the end of that spectrum, can actually something that may lead to cancer. Most people live somewhere in the middle. Sure. That's what I was going to say. So I imagine most of us, yeah, land somewhere in the middle. So how, what's, what's the tipping point then? Where, where is that tipping point in the middle as far as it's something I, I manage successfully day in and day out, or maybe what's the next step? I, I change my, I change my diet. I watch the foods I eat. That's not enough. There, there are over the counter medicines, right? Right. There's a lot of stuff you can buy over the counter. So the first thing is about, um, we're talking about lifestyle changes is really avoiding foods that are triggers for, for heartburn, caffeine, sugary, you know, sugary drinks, everything that high with high sugar content, alcohol, smoking, uh, greasy foods, uh, spicy foods, citric foods like tomato, lemonade, those kind of things that, you know, so some people just know ice cream. They know they have this. They're going to get harvested. They're going to pay for right. that. So some people do know. And then most folks, they kind of, um, they self-medicate. They go over the counter and they buy Tom's and they pop them like candy. Um, <laughs> How bad do I want this today? <laughs> Eat a that's, bunch of chalk. That's, yes. the of, that's, that's the exchange some people do. Some people can buy, you know, there's a little bit more medications out there. Um, not going for the brand brand names, but for the the medical names are famotidine, cimetidine, ranitidine, omeprazole, omeprazole. So those, there's a bunch of those that are out there that you can get. So there's also prescription level. There's over-the-counter level and then there's prescription level too? Yeah, well, yes and no. So some, you know, we prescribe some medications that you can get over-the-counter. Okay. That's okay. true. You know, people are kind of, they have this girdle and kind of living with it, but a lot of times it's pretty much they're not aware that they can take care of it. Sometimes they need one of those medications. You know, the Toms, the problem with the Toms is that it, care, it takes care of the symptom itself, not of the problem. The problem, again, is the acid going up to the esophagus and, and you know, could be just because you're making too much acid. So then we start with the antacid medications. Those are medications that actually lower the acid secretion in the, in the stomach. So by doing that, uh, you don't have as much as acid exposure to the esophagus and, and that's how you treat it. So we, when, when someone comes to my office talking about heartburn, first of all, we talk about about the lifestyle changes, but that's a big impact to the quality of life because I have some patients, you know, they can't eat late at night, they can't go out with their friends, they can't, you know, drink a beer or have pizza after six o'clock because, you know, they know they're not going to be able to sleep that night or they're going to be vomiting. So, you know, the lifestyle changes can go a certain way, it can go actually a long way, but sometimes it might affect your quality of life. So we start what we call the lowest effective dose. There's um, some drug medications that decrease the acid secretion in the stomach by about 15% and some medications that go up to 85%. So we really look for the low, what we call the lowest effective dose of medication that works for you. And that, and that's and some different people have a different sweet spot. Sometimes it's a take a medication every day. Sometimes it's one in the morning, one at night. And sometimes it's just one every other day. Sure. So is this something that you can, it can obviously be treated? Yeah. Can it be reversed completely? And is surgery an option? Well, heartburn uh, can be reversed. It's, it's kind of a tricky question because it, in, for some people, if, if you eat those certain foods, you're going to have it. It's, if you yeah. don't eat those certain foods, you're going to be fine. Sometimes with weight loss, heartburn, one of the 
causes of it is just increasing the pressure inside the belly. And when we're obese, we have more pressure uh, going on the belly. And then with obesity, the higher your weight is, the higher chances of you having heartburn. So if you lose weight, you might reverse that. So weight loss can reverse that. We just talked a little bit ago about the Barrett's esophagus, and that is reversible. That is reversible with medications. Um, that is reversible with the lifestyle changes. So sometimes when we have someone with a Barrett's esophagus, um, we go back and, and we do what's called an endoscopy. We go in with the camera down the esophagus and take a look and, and take some biopsies. And then if we're treating the heartburn well, this, the Barrett's esophagus can reverse, and we see that. And then if that happens, awesome. great. Um, so it, even Barrett's esophagus is not a permanent condition. But heartburn is, if you do the things that, that give you the heartburn, it's going to come back. Kind of like that gives you heartburn, don't take that again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If it were that easy. Now, yeah. I, I mean, we talked about, you, you gave this scale of... You know, people on one end who get it intermittently and just have to watch what they eat all the way to the people with the Barrett's esophagus. I can think of a gentleman, a patient of yours we talked to a couple of years back that he wasn't Barrett's esophagus level. At least that's not what we discussed with him. But he was at a level where heartburn was affecting his sleep daily. It, it was affecting his his sense of self. You know, he felt um, sometimes scared. He had chest pains related to his heartburn. And where did he land on your spectrum that we've described? And and what was the solution you had for him? When we talk about the medications that we give, right? So it can go from one every other day to twice a day. There's a certain limitation. So, you know, it's not if I'm going to give you more of that antacid, it's, it's going to treat. At some point, it's going to be saturation and more medication is not going to help. So I can say the medications helps about 95% of folks. They will be better with the medication. Those are good odds. Those, Those are, are really good, good odds. These are since the 1980s. The surgery for anything has to do with peptic ulcer disease and all the things that went way down. We have some new medications since the 80s that really do a wonderful job. But 5% of folks, no matter what they do, they're still going to have the heartburn despite best, despite being optimally medicated. Then we talk about having, talking about surgery, what we call an anti-reflux procedure. Uh, the most common one is what we call a hiatal hernia repair and, and Nissen fund application. And so this is really reserved for folks who are they're miserable despite taking medication or, you know, they take the medications, the harbor is in control, as long as they have that certain lifestyle, which they really don't enjoy that much. So if it really affects your quality of life or you're not medically pro- uh, properly medicated and it's not controlling your symptoms, then surgery becomes an option. It's interesting. A lot of the topics we talk about here on Valley Health Check, it almost seems like it goes back to the processed and the food. And I'm wondering if the United States has the more issues with the heartburn, the stomach, the digestion compared to to other countries due to all the processed food. That's just something that just popped (laughs) to me because I've had diverticulitis and stomach issues that I've learned to control by eating better and losing weight. And I'm surviving now with Mm -hmm. hardly any issues. But I'm wondering if just all the fast food, the processed stuff just really stems a lot of issues for a lot of folks. Well, and I feel like I need to put a disclaimer out there. We have not, this has not been intentional, right, Kevin? We have have not been looking to find a common theme in these conversations. No, but I've noticed Uh, This has organically happened here. It is, but I, something for me on the other side, listening to uh, all the professionals discuss this, it's what we put into our body. It's what we do with our body that really takes us to the next level of issues. Absolutely. I mean, now these days, um, we, we know foods that are high, you know, just to be high salt content gives you high blood pressure and, and heart disease. Well, we, we know now that high sugar content and high, when we say flour content, things that have, I don't want to say gluten-free, but just flour. 
right. flour and uh, refined sugars. A diet which has high of those two things, this is really what most of processed foods are, are built on. So if you just take those uh, two things out of your diet, you're going to see a lot of changes. They are known to be, it's not just about weight loss or heartburn. They're, those two substances are what we call pro-inflammatory. They actually cause a chronic inflammatory state in our body. You know, we talked about obesity in the past, but I, I just kind of want to put this a little bit in perspective. Uh, obesity has only been seriously studied over the last 20 years. Right now, it's probably the only thing that has been, there's more publications out there, more than obesity is just breast cancer. So obesity was really started taking off as far as the research community starting the 2000s, starting uh, the year 2000 and then on, and just became more and more. It was used to be uh, studied AIDS and studied high blood pressure and studied car, heart attacks and started strokes. So right now, obesity is, is, because it's such a big epidemic, such a big problem, we're learning a lot of things about it. So we know that processed food or ultra-processed food, basically, everything that you buy that's ready-made or things with high sugar content, they are pro-inflammatory and they cause not just obesity, but a bunch of other diseases as well. If the one thing when we talk about the diet, I would, you know, um, I, you know, I don't tell patients don't diet or anything like that. But for me, a proper diet is one is just going more for whole foods. Well, basically, whole foods is when you buy something and it doesn't have a list of ingredients because it's, it, right. it is the ingredients like a banana, a potato. So potatoes are not bad. Bananas are not bad. If it almost, they're sweet or these are, you know, they're carbs. They're not right. bad for you. They're not processed. So if, if you change your diet, get away from all these processed food, ready-made meals or, you know, fast food chains and go to just whole foods, start cooking yourself or have like a prep day a couple of times a week, cook for the rest of the week, you're going to see a lot of changes. You're going to lose weight. You're going to feel better, have more energy and, and your heartburn might actually go away too. No, no doubt. No doubt. Well, 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 that's incredible. Of course, uh, there's a lot we can do on our own to make uh, things better. But of course, if uh, you have to take it to the next step or need more information, a consultation with the pros and uh, folks that you hear on this uh, podcast would be the way to go. Certainly, yeah, I think heartburn's a topic that um, people are used to talking to their primary care provider about, which is, of course, very, very appropriate. Mm-hmm. As Dr. C said, he would be reserved for the just that 5% of cases that, that really need um, a, a better solution than they can provide through medications. Well, that's awesome. Well, Dr. C, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, shed the light on some of these issues I think a lot of people deal with. And Aaron, thank you, as always, another edition of Valley Health Check with Horizon Health. And if you want more information, go to myhorizonhealth.org. This has been Valley Health Check. Thanks so much for listening.